This is a Demon FM podcast. You are listening to Have You Seen It? with Tom, Ellis and Dan. Hello and welcome back to the Have You Seen It? podcast. This is episode nine? Eight. Eight. Yeah. Don't, don't get too ahead of myself there. <laughs> episode eight of the Have You Seen It? podcast. I'm Tom, as always. And I'm Ellis. And I'm Dan. This week, uh, we'll be talking you all through the box office, well, all th- through the entire box office, but just five to one. Uh, we have uh, features on Honey Boy, Marvelous Brooklyn, and Lucy in the Sky. And uh, we'll also be talking about our films that we've seen this week. Uh, I went out to go and see Knives Out, so I'll be giving you my quick thoughts on that in just a little bit. Uh, well, what, what's your film, Ellis? Uh, well, my film today, I'm going to... I took a revisit of Doctor Who Invasion Earth, the old Peter Cushing film from 1966. And in real talk today, we'll be talking about Martin Scorsese, who, of course, has also had a new release with The Irishman. So I'll be briefly talking about that. I haven't seen it yet, so I won't... Neither have I. I did think about it, but... Uh, I don't even know how to tackle that film. But that's, I haven't that's, got that's, two days, yeah. so... Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So that um, is... That is on Real Talk with Ellis. And my film this week is Pitch Perfect 3 um, because I just watched it on Netflix. Yeah. Um, but before we get into all that, let's go into the box office. Yes. Which at number five, we have A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which uh, did okay last week, I guess. Um, but it dropped only 11% this weekend to $11.8 million. Over the five day weekend, it made $17.3 million, which is an actual uptick of 30%. From that 13 million opening weekend, it went kind of went up a tiny bit during the five day. That brings the domestic total to $34.3 million. I think it had a budget of $45 million though, which doesn't really bode well unless it can have really, really strong legs. Yeah. When does it come out over here? During, I think it's actually during next year. Next year. Yeah. It must be early next year. Yeah, I think uh, in January or February. Yeah. But, you know, it's uh, Mr. Rogers' biopic, Tom Hanks as yeah. Mr. Rogers. Um, America's favourite kids TV presenter, the most beloved TV presenter, I think, of all time. And it's just, a, it's just a, another sort of biopic, really. But we talked about it a bit because it, it was in the box office uh, yeah. for the last couple yeah. of weeks. And I think even, as we said last week, it, it's hard for us to really relate to the relevancy of this film um, because he's not really, you know, that well-known of a character for, especially this generation. I think people that probably grew up in the... Uh, uh, sort of 70s and 80s which I think was when he was around mm. could be wrong there yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they probably are aware of him but yeah he certainly hasn't got the impact that he has over here which yes. I'll leave there because we did cover it last week yes <laughs> we did so at number four yes we have Queen and Slim Queen and Slim which I've got at, uh, which I've got at five it might have creeped up a little bit since I s- saw the numbers yesterday yes it, it the actuals came out and it's got 11.9 million dollars basically mm. 11.9 million dollars which um, is good and the five day was 16 million dollars so that's a big five-day opening. Yes. Uh, budget was 17 to 20. So it opened just under its budget range. So it's probably going to do quite well because the holiday season is coming up. Yeah, it's got like a, a good a good story to it. Good good actors in it as well. I saw some clips. I saw some photos, um, and it looks like a really good film. Actually, it looks like it looks like a film that when it comes out, I might have to go and check out yeah. because um, it, the acting the acting looks good, and uh, just everything about the film looks quite kind of solid. Yes, at number three this week we have Ford v Ferrari, which made thirteen point two million dollars. Yes, it did. Uh, that's down sixteen point three percent. Of sixteen point three, yeah, that's not bad. Five day was nineteen million dollars, where that went up twenty one percent. Not as big as a beautiful day in the neighborhood, but still quite big. Mm. But are we in are we in week three now for this release. Yes, yes. yeah, and in so... week three, it's eighty one million domestically. <laughs> um, internationally, it's sixty two point eight and one hundred forty three point eight million worldwide. So, like, I'm <laughs> still hearing good. Th- we talked about this sort of briefly. When it first was released, 
I know Tom, you had a bit of an opinion on it. So how do you think now that you know it's it's still there at number three? How do you think that the title change has had an effect? Well, do you think it's had an effect? The title, the title, the title change. I'm not sure exactly why that the title change needed to happen because it was yeah. still for the same, still for the same film. I'm not sure if we or no, Americans are stupid or what. But it, I think it's us that have, we have the original title, don't we? Um, is that the original or, title, or is it Ford I, versus Ferrari? I think Ford v Ferrari is the original. Is that the oh? So they changed it over here. Yeah, I mean, it still seems like a bizarre decision to me. Like I said, I, like I said, I think the which what is it, Le Mans, Le Mans sixty six. Yeah. So that's a title that's asking you to already know about that subject, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Whereas Ford v Ferrari is saying, it's more do imme- you like fast cars? It's more immediate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. more immediate. I think the title here is it's more relevant here just because I think it happened in Europe as well. Yeah, yeah. I, spe- I suppose that's probably part of it as well. I didn't even really think about it as well, but I think it's probably as well. Ford versus Ferrari. There's probably more to that title actually because I mean, you know, Ford. They're not in the same league as for mm. or considered in the same league. You know, I think yeah. most people think of Ford as family runabout. Mm. I mean, I've I've got to focus myself. So. Yeah, and yeah. the the story the story is about how the owner of Ford wanted to beat Ferrari, exactly. wanted to to drive to drive forward, create something that would definitely win them the yeah. Le Mans uh, twenty four hours at Le Mans sixty six. I think. I mean, even now people are still raving about Henry Ford years later because he made some of the biggest advances in automotive technology at the time. And it's not really advanced much. The sort of basic engine design that he revolutionised that hasn't really changed since then. You know, nah. until we're yeah. going, you know, in sort of electric cars and stuff. Yeah, I was just wondering if you thought that that had any effect. Yeah, so no, uh, but it's yeah, no, it's interesting because like this film, I know a lot of people who have seen it and really like it. Yeah, yeah. really like it. Um, Christian Bale and that Damon you can't really go <laughs> yeah. wrong. To be honest. Yes. Um, and this is his last film, he said, where he's doing any major body transformation, I think. So, yeah. Uh, which I don't know what he has done. He's has done he with the... In this one? He's or? done with the major, major body transformations. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, he's been going hard for a, yeah. a number of years well, now. I think I I knew it was coming because I was either expecting a headline where he said he's he's finally stopping doing it, mm. or a headline that said he was very terminally ill. So yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that it's not it's not good it's not good instead. for his health either way. Not to be at honest, all. No, really, is not it? at all. Because he does them rapidly as well with it. You know, he's he's had sort of six months periods where he's shed hundreds of pounds worth of weight. So, yeah. yeah, but yeah, yes. Yeah, so we'll move on to number yes, two indeed. now, which is a new release again. Obviously, Queen of Sin was also a new release. I forgot to mention. Mention that. Yeah. But number two, new release, Knives Out, $26.8 million for the three day. But the, the big news is that it had a m- massive four, five, five day of $41.4 million. That's big. That is that's good. Really big. Um yeah. and twenty nine point five million international, seventy point nine million worldwide. Obviously this film, Wednesday it opened at about eight million dollars after like previews the last week before it. But then on Black Friday and Saturday, I mean Saturday. That it, it had a massive ten million dollar day mm. for like two days in a row. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a tangent kind of day, but I think Ryan Johnson needs this film to do well as well. So it's oh, probably good news for him because Disney will be watching him with a very close eye if they're going to continue to decide to entrust him with another trilogy of Star Wars films. Because as we know, they uh, they dropped D.B. Weiss and David Benioff not long ago from their Star Wars trilogy. So mm. yeah. yeah, they're taking less risks at the yeah. moment because I think they've realised they're not quite as indestructible. So yeah. I think Ryan Johnson is still a major risk though. It, Possibly, but I think this is, I believe it's completely original material, oh, yes. isn't it? Yes, so, it's completely, the story is uh, written, It's the whole story is original and it's written by him. Obviously Tom will get into that. Yes, so. I will. Yes, I'm just really excited to see this. Yes, it's really good. I, yeah. I, you'll hear me rave about it because I really <laughs> right, like okay. it. I really, really like this film. At number one, with the top PTA of the week, which is around 19,000, uh, it's Frozen 2. Who didn't see this coming, to be fair? No one. It had a massive three day of 86 million dollars that's big that's down 34 percent from last week yeah it opened. but who, who's expecting from like a 130 million dollar opening like, like this is this is yeah to be this is to be expected it's it's like I although was, it was thanksgiving uh just a couple of couple of 
couple of days ago. I was expecting around 60, 70. Yeah. Around a 50% drop would have been great for this. Five day is at 125, which is 4% down from the three day last week. It's at $288.8 million domestically at $453.2 million international, which gives it an overall total of $742.1 million worldwide on a budget of 150 plus. Do we think this is going to reach a billion by next Sunday? Mm, by next Sunday. By next week. If you, if you remember, it opened at 350-ish and in this the week next it made 400 million dollars yeah um, so can this make 258 million dollars no uh, you, you go on Tom I think it, you didn't think you don't think so no I'm going to let you speak first uh, right okay Um, I think we'll see a dip next week but that's Definitely going to happen just because next week isn't Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, Everything, just an FYI. Well, yeah, exactly. So I think we'll see a, a dip and then we'll see a bit of a climb again. Not, obviously not yeah. back to its original release, but I think we'll see a little bit of a climb just at that edging on the uh, holidays. Um, kids, fin- a lot, I think a lot of people are probably waiting for kids to finish school and going, going to set the kids mm-hmm. Kids then. And that's yeah. what parents tend to do, isn't it? And then they'll, you know, they'll have a little bit of a little bit of a boost For- so that they're still making some money just before Star Wars comes in and... Just, just takes all the cash does know next weekend obviously isn't a holiday weekend do expect big drops next weekend yeah yeah. because everything this week has either like dropped really low mm. or stayed flat yeah which is why you'll expect that increase the following week yeah, yeah. So. especially during Christmas because Christmas is yeah. a yeah. crazy period it at is. the box office it's yeah. like it's it, a crazy period in general <laughs> in general like, yeah but it's the box office yeah, things that like like uh, things things go from one to like five in like the the, the almost like a blink of an eye it's madness things can increase like which never not never happens obviously the closest thing to anything increasing is beautiful day in the neighborhood which went down 11 percent but things never increase yeah except for around christmas time yeah like i think it's the greatest showman it opened at eight million dollars and like by a few weeks after it's like doing 11 12 was even going as far back by weekend they said this with avatar when avatar came and, and part of a big reason for avatar's success was not the opening but the way it just Kept on kept go- level kept on go- for a long yeah. time. Kept like, on yeah. going. There it's was like, just no drop off, and I think that was released about nineteenth of December two thousand nine ish. I know it was two thousand nine. Um, yeah, it was about about the same time the Star Wars films gener- generally released. In fact, no, sorry, I think it was a bit earlier. I think, I think yeah, it was the eighteenth of yeah. December. Eighteenth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is just sort of crazy the way things tend to uh, right right through sort of uh, the middle of January as well. well. What's also crazy is like if you compare this to the sum- a summer release. A summer release will have like a massive opening week and then it'll drop really, mm. really heavily and then maybe continue to have like minimal drops after after a massive drop. But with Christmas and holiday releases, it just continues going. Yeah. Legs are like really, really long when it comes to Christmas. Mm. Yeah, I think it will do. It will do. We'll do a billion dollars. Frozen will. Yeah. Um, I mean that that's an inevitable. It's, it, is, it is. It is inevitable. But do you think it'll be I, by next Sunday? Though by next Sunday, mm, I, I think it'll be getting there. Yeah, we get it. We de- quiet, it won't yeah. be there. It won't be there. No, I think it'll be nine hundred. Yeah, yeah. yeah. get nine hundred million is a good figure to be yeah. at for next next Sunday. We're talking about next Sunday. It's um, yeah, it's there. But how high do you think this can get? Oh, it's I another think it can I get very high. <laughs> it'll be a, it will. I would say with certainty it'll be a two billion. One of those. You, you don't seem to agree, Dan. Not at all. Well, I think what one point five is probably the highest it'll go. But that's but then uh, but then I think if you're expecting it to get to a billion by next Sunday, then you're thinking you're getting quite a big drop off then after that. I think. Well, I think well, as I say it could get two billion with a certain. I think it could be edging two two billion with a certainty. I wouldn't you know a one point eight sort of wouldn't surprise me. But then again, when it comes to numbers, I'm not very good with them. But then also again. <laughs> I proved proved Dan wrong with both the Lion King and Mary Poppins. So that, I mean, that, that, was, that was two nice moments. Uh, so. What did you say about the Lion King? Because I I expected the Lion King to do well. No, I expected it. There was a, an argument about uh, uh, to fact, the Lion was. King was about the reception. The Mary Poppins yeah. was the one where yeah. the the numbers I think I'd got right. But, yeah, um, so, I mean, I, I expected the Lion King to do like one point five up to one point eight. 
Yeah, but uh, I'm uh, like I say, I'm I'm a lot more interested I, in the way audiences are growing and the the way the market is sort of changing and evolving, and that's mm. the way I look at numbers. Yeah, yeah, you can take into that, account. That, that takes the more logical I, approach, yeah. actual, <laughs> actual facts and figures. Yeah, yeah. I just had it's good. I just had a really good feeling about Mary Poppins when it was coming out. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, this is gonna go well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh well. Nah. It's sad that it didn't do well. Um, Dark Waters, it was up 500% from last weekend. It expanded a bit more uh, to 94 theatres. It had a 6.6k per theatre, 621,000 for the weekend, uh, 965,000 overall. Yeah. Not a very big release. Uh, at 43 is 63, which made 14,000 in one theatre. But the big thing about this is it was a Britbox film. Mm. So I didn't know that BritBox actually had original content. Yeah, I did. I, I did. Yeah, yeah. I oh, didn't. Yeah. I didn't know, but uh, well, apparently I mean, they do. Yeah, uh, they're, they're not putting. I don't think they're putting much effort into it. To be honest, um, could, I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, but they did. Re- the House of Lords released a new report on sort of the general direction of broadcasting in the country um, at the beginning of November, uh, and BritBox was part of that because now that it has been widely released to the UK, they're wondering yeah. how it's going to impact terrestrial television and stuff like that. But I haven't seen much effort in the way of advertising. Yeah, looking outside of the BBC. So I don't know if they're just sort of wanting this to fail, but when, you know, Disney Plus is round the corner in this country, Netflix is snatching up more and more of the market every day, you'd think that they would be pushing it more. So, I mean, original content's the way to go about that, but not if you're not promoting it enough. And obviously mm. by Disney Plus being around the corner, we mean it's four months away. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> which yeah. is, not, which is yeah. terrible for Disney Plus because that, that's an awful release date. Yeah. It is when everybody's already watched The Mandalorian yeah. that I know of. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, March 31st was like the worst date they could have gone for. Like, oh, they could have tried yeah. for January at least. Oh dear. But it's just this is it's this thing with this this deal with, with Sky that they've got this the deal with Sky that they've got going on. Sky keeps sort of like I don't know, that's like not not having it push yeah. it push it back push it back we need our we need we need hbo shows on our thing right now right now we do and they are doing well with yeah. sky atlantic are doing well with their hbo they've got his dark materials on uh although on it's now, not so. at the top of it's not his agenda at the moment. no it's not <laughs> to make this too political no so, uh, yeah i think we should um yeah. move on one more thing next weekend uh we have a massive release in Playmobil, the movie, which is expected to make around $4.5 million for the weekend. Uh, what, Playmobil, what's... everybody's second favourite toy. <laughs> this has already released in the UK, actually. I don't know whether... Oh, it has, yes. It released in August of 2019. Yeah. <laughs> which is really weird because we obviously got it... How many months? Like five months? Yeah. Before everyone else? Mm, that's I can't weird. do math, it's four months. That's, that's weird. Um, do, you, do you know... How much it made over here? Did you have you had a look it at? It wasn't the, a lot. Did you have a it look was, at the BFI's numbers? I didn't, but it was. I know it was crumbs. Yeah, is what it made. Um, <laughs> and the last place opens uh, is actually Turkey, where it opens on April the tenth, twenty twenty. That's a massive. That's it. That's that. That's like one of the biggest spreads of a release yeah, it, I think I've ever seen. It's eight months after initial release. <laughs> Good lord. Which is really, really, it's a weird release pattern, but I think this was pushed and pushed back to at least August of this year. And now it's finally releasing and it's just not doing anything. I'll play my bill. Yeah. What are we going to do? (laughs) I don't know. I'm pretty sure we can call that a big flop. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty safe to say. Yes. And that is the end of the box office. That is the end of the box. There we go. A bumper box office weekend this weekend. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, you see, Frozen 2 is still at the top of the of the box office uh some new some new releases knives out is in there uh, it'll be interesting to see if that has any, any legs i think it it will because you know it's around the around the christmas period we already had thanks thanksgiving and it did it did it did really well in its first weekend so that's really good moving on to the um to the new releases uh coming out uh this week uh this weekend well this friday over here uh, I wanted to talk about this film because I saw the fi- uh, trailer for this just yesterday called Lucy in the Sky. Have you two heard of this film or have seen nope. a trailer? Uh, I have heard of it and heard that the trailer had been released, but I haven't watched the trailer yet. This looks really quite interesting. 
it is basically about a woman, Lucy, played by Natalie Natalie Portman. Is it Portman? Is it Natalie Portman? Natalie Portman, who who is a spe- who's a sort of an astronaut, goes up into space, is 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 mesmerized by the its wonder and stuff, and then comes back, and then is just not throughout her daily life. She's just not satisfied, and the thing is that she wants to get back up into space so bad because she thinks right. everything on Earth is really minuscule, and she doesn't know what sort of she's doing down here, and she the only thing of meaning she is up there. This is all the thing I can gather from the trailer, but it looks actually, it looks. It looks okay. It looks okay. The the shots of space look fabulous. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but the plot kind of reminds me of one of the characters in Ad Astra. I don't know whether you know what I'm talking about. I didn't watch Ad Astra, but it it wasn't good, was it? (laughs) No. I didn't like it. But Mm. a lot of people did, but I didn't like it specifically. Yeah. Portman's been, for a couple of years now, been doing some interesting stuff. I thought, Annihilation a couple of years ago, uh, which I think I might possibly be talking about in uh, a podcast in for a couple of weeks' time. Um, Annihilation was very good. She's been doing some more experimental stuff. I mean, even going as far back as, uh, I think it was, 2013 she did Black Swan was it then I think um, a bit earlier 2010 2010 well <laughs> yeah um, yeah you know it is stuff that, I mean obviously Black Swan's sort of very widely known so I suppose that's different but yeah she, she has been branching out a bit more and I yeah. think she could uh, she could make a, a new name for herself yeah I think I only think that Natalie Portman's I don't know if she's going to be the selling point because there's not many people other than Natalie Portman that many people know in this. Dan, Dan Stevens is in it. John Hamm. John Hamm is yeah. in it. Although, again, John Hamm, I think, over here is probably quite less known, I think. Yeah. Mad Men wasn't quite the massive hit as it was over, over there. Uh, yeah. Zazzy Beats, Zazzy Deadpool Be- 2. Zazzy Beats, right. uh, Devil 2, and uh, was in Joker, last yes. uh, stuff that she's done. And I think it's going to be quite an interesting film. Fox Searchlight is 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 doing uh, the distribution. Same for Jojo Rabbit. Oh. Um, it's Fox Searchlight. Yeah. Uh, and... I I looked at the trailer. thought it looked I thought it looked quite fascinating. I think I might give it a watch sometime down the down the road. But that is uh, yeah. Lucy apparently, in the sky. Apparently, yeah, critics are very hateful of this film. Yeah, thirty six. Yeah, better score um, four point five on uh, IMDb. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next up, we have Marvelous Brooklyn. This is um, this is directed by Edward Norton. Edward Norton stars him as well. Wow. Now he ca- I heard of, I heard a story. He came across this book, uh, Marvelous Brooklyn. Um, whilst he was whilst in the in the late nineties, whilst he was wrapping up or or somewhere in between Fight Club when oh, Fight right. Club was coming, he picked up this book and found it fascinating. Um, and it's just it's just a long gesta- gestation period. Sort of later, he's taken he's taken the reins uh, of this of this of this adaptation. And I heard a, I heard a clip. Uh, couple days ago uh you know it's proper like proper drama stuff mm. yeah yeah I, it's something that it's something that edward norton can really get his edward really get norton, his teeth he's in. very he seems forgotten about these days but he's he is a very good actor he actually. is very good i mean he's f- quite famously immensely difficult to work with um but i can't think of many many things i've seen him in that i i didn't like him in even if the film itself wasn't particularly i mean he, even just going to the Hulk. Um, I still think he's he's very good in good in the role. Uh, I think the most recent one I can think of I've seen him in is Birdman. He doesn't he does doesn't disappoint. Um, it's just he seems to fly a bit under the radar a lot of the time. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know about this one to be honest. Uh, I, I don't know much about it to begin with. Um, but yeah, I am uh, I'm intrigued just by Edward Norton as a character in real life. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's got a pretty, it's got a pretty solid, solid cast. Um, in terms of over here or when it comes out in America, I think it, it might slip under the radar. It is already out in America. It is already out in America. It came it's already out slipped under in the America radar. on November first. Yeah, mm. seven point one I can see on the IMDb score, but um, sixty on the meta score. Sixty on the meta score. So not not. Not not too bad, but you know it's you know it's it's one to 
if you like if you like sort of like crime books or crime films go and go and give this watch and give Edward Edward Norton the a support because yeah. this is his first as I can tell his I was going to say is it his, his directorial his debut yeah yeah. Um, yeah and I suppose if it it's one of those things where like you say uh, it appears that it's a bit of a passion project for him um, so in that it's always one of those where if you can feel that passion being put into the film it elevates I think the quality of a film massively when you can tell it's you know somebody's put or like they're you know put the most amount of effort they possibly could into a film mm. um and it, it might be a bit like luster but it might not necessarily be terrible so. well just a fact check mm-hmm. um edward norton has directed a film before has he called keeping the faith keeping in 2000 um and that was a a film starring Ben Stiller and Edward Norton himself and Jenna Elfman. Oh, that's interesting. I've never heard of it. I've never, heard of never, never, never even seen that it. film poster. No. And no. I think I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Edward Norton and Ben Stiller <laughs> don't really... Go. Don't really... No. Like ben Stiller is like... Oh, it might have been all right in like 2000 when it came out, yeah, but maybe. I never, I've never, i never heard of it. Yeah. But, but this is his new... We're going to say it's his new yeah, that directorial one, that debut. That one definitely did slip yeah. under the radar. Yeah. <laughs> this is his new directorial debut. But we're going to move on now to uh, a, a, a film that's been hotly anticipated mm. uh, and very well received uh, as it, when it was playing at festivals. It is Honey Boy, the um, kind of weird, strange biopic of Shia LaBeouf, which is where, uh, which is which is like which is uh, like I've Shia heard LaBeouf. Call it a, a semi-biopic. Yeah, semi-biopic yeah. of Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf is an interesting man. Just get that out of the way. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's to say to say the least. I mean, he's been up and down and uh, sideways. Yeah, I think all we throughout did, his career. Did say a couple of weeks ago that he's uh, there's not many actors that the actors themselves have a sort of cult following especially to the scale of Shia LaBeouf you know he's a big part of of meme culture these days and uh, just sort of general popular culture and and all because uh, he's just a little bit insane from time to time but I do think he is a bit of a genius as well Mm. so um, there's there's been some terrible pieces of acting in his career. Yeah. There's also been some absolutely excellent, I'm, excellent films. I'm pretty sure um, that Shia LaBeouf has the record for the lowest ever opening in the UK. Oh, really? Um, mm. Because I think one of it, I think it was called Man, I think it was Man Down, opened with seven pounds. <laughs> At the UK box office, seven pounds. Yeah, so, let that, sit, let, let that sink in. One person went to see it. Wait. Let that sink in. One person at a cheap theatre went. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a yeah. Cineworld ticket. This yeah, no. Shia yeah. LaBeouf film Mandan makes seven pound in opening weekend. Oh wow. my goodness me! That is. But yeah, it. Wow. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf. I mean, I've, it's Transformers. But then we don't. We don't have to. We don't, He's made so many good films since that we don't have to judge him by. Transformers anymore? There was, Absolutely. There was um, there was a time where everybody judged him by Transformers because it was the first yeah. film many people saw him in, and in, in the sequel he was more over the top, more crazy. Even, and... even discounting Transformers, there was a long time when I think people still referred to him as the even Stevens kid. Yeah. Um, and whereas now he's just uh, he has a theatre production. Yeah. Named after him with. Uh, well, I mean, I imagine people have probably heard of it anyway. Like, it's just every time there's news about him, it's more and more ridiculous. And then you watch him in a film, and you're like, oh, I mean, yeah, he's actually he is quite good. Yeah. Um, I mean, Fury sticks out to me. I think yeah. I've said before. I think he's really good in that. The Peanut um, Butter Falcon is great. Yeah, which I still haven't got around to seeing, but I do remember. It's great. He's re- he's really yeah. really good in that film. Uh, Fury as well. Yeah, is a standout. Uh, this film, what? Predictions, lads. Yeah. I think it'll do quite quite well. It was a bit of a uh, I think it's going to do more than seven pounds. It'll do more than seven pounds, I reckon. Yeah. 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 I think people are interested. I mean, yeah. I think I'll be going to see it. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how it does. So that is Honey Boy. You can see that. I think this this week here yes. on Friday. Friday, which is the sixth. Most of those films are out on those days as well. Lucy in the Sky and the uh, Motherless Brooklyn are also out on the on the sixth as well. So that is your new releases for this week. Now on to the reviews. Yes, and you set me up quite quite well. Now I'm going to be talking about Knives Out. Now I saw this as I said Friday or Saturday. 
Um, it was quite a quite busy, quite a busy auditorium. Uh, I saw it at Phoenix, um, good old reliable Phoenix, and I really liked this film. I really did. I think I think that Ryan Johnson can't be judged just on his one Star Wars film. Right. Yeah. Because he's made he's made a load of different types of films in his career. He made a he made a he made a massive he made a he made a sort of a an indie darling uh, drama with uh, his first film uh, Brick. Uh, he did uh, the great the amazing sci-fi film Looper. Have you guys seen that uh, one? Yeah, Joseph well, Gordon-Levitt yeah. and uh, Bruce Willis. That was that was great. Um, and then he did Star Wars, which you know a lot of people weren't into. And now he's twisted. He's 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 done a one eighty and done an original written by him. Honest to God, murder mystery. Who done it? In the classic classic fashion. It's not based on any Agatha Christie novels or or any you know anything like that. It's his own project with so many great people in Daniel Craig, mm, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, all these great, all these great performers. Very bizarre mix. It's a very bizarre That's mix, a, but it, yeah. but in the in the long game, in in actual fact, it really, really works. Mind you, I, I think we compared it sort of monetarily to um, Murder on the Orient Express, the recent one last time. Yeah, that that did a similar thing of just having a very strange mishmash of a cast. Mm. I think it works. I, I think like it, it. works. I think it works. The cast works much better than the cast in Orient Express. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I didn't enjoy um, because because the, the, most of them are part of this. This big this this family. If you don't know about this about this film, basically the premise is that on this like uh, uh, literary millionaire's uh, 85th birthday, he sort of is found is found dead in his bedroom, and so the family calls in Daniel Craig's character. Benoit Blanc to investigate alongside local uh, local detective uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who plays Lieutenant Elliot. It's just such a, f- it's just so fun. Yeah, it's which is what I said. So like, fun last week. These these films sometimes. I saw you just need a little bit of injection of fun. Sometimes. Yeah, it's but, it's so entertaining. Yeah. All of the cast have such a great chemistry together. Everyone on screen uh, works. Uh, got a great great performance by uh Anna de Amas who plays uh sort of an immigrant uh sort of nanny to to Harlan uh Fromby who's Christopher Plummer's character uh who sort of discover like discovers it all and is wrapped up in this family's in this family's sort of story um and everybody just worked. Daniel Craig puts on a ludicrous southern accent. You heard it in the trailers. He's absolutely yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. But it works for some weird reason. It uh-huh. works. Um, and just like everybody, everybody has their own sort of thing. Everybody has their own style. Jamie Lee Curtis is really. I haven't seen Jamie Lee Curtis in anything good for a while. Um, Halloween. But Halloween, I didn't see. I didn't see Halloween. <laughs> right. um, but this, well, this one, her her performance, she's really funny. She's right. really funny in it. Um, and yet, um, Chris Evans obviously has a big part. He's really, he's really, really, he's really, really good in it. Um, and just everybody works together in a really cool way. They all have like little in this infighting, there's sort of yeah. arguments and stuff like that, and that's very entertaining. And the other thing I need to say is the is the is the set design. This house is is set up like beautifully. There's all sorts of artifacts and things on the walls. Just everything is just drenched in color, and just like just it's such so ornate and mm. beautiful to look at. Uh, so your like your eyes are just like. Oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? That looks really interesting. You feel like every artifact you see has like a story behind it, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just Christopher, even Christopher Plummer. Going back to the going back to the casting of this, he's 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 good in it. He doesn't have a lot, but when he is on screen, he actually does sort of a a, a good job. Um, he's sort of like he's probably like for me, sort of like the weakest. Weakest cat, weakest character in this, but he's still really good uh, performing. Uh, but it's just about sort of f- like a like a rich family just trying to come to terms with their father's death. Nobody really knows what to do with like the money that they've amassed over the years, mm. and just like it's really odd. And Ryan Johnson is uh, is just is just fantastic. The, his writing skill is just amazing. The script is fantastic. Um, and his direction 
is just like the cinematography is just so crisp and clean and just like it reminds me it's a new it's a new whodunit for a new generation that's what I love about it it yeah. takes an old genre takes an old genre and reinvigorates it with humour and sort of class and it's just oh my goodness me I had so much fun with this film if I give it a rating probably a solid 4 out of 5 mm. um, and it's just it, just go and see it you'll have a you'll have a, a, you'll have a lot of fun well a lot of excitement there from oh, yes. you Tom for I was one. very I was um, very excited it's very very good uh, Dalek Invasion of Earth 2150 AD now I've seen this before uh, but to give you a little bit of background on to why I've revisited it uh, I was lucky enough that as part of my degree I got to watch the original 1964 serial Doc, Doctor Who uh, Dalek Invasion of Earth on, on the big screen at the Phoenix um, yeah. in all its black and white glory Um so, for you, those of you that don't know, and I suppose as a little uh, preface, an enormous Doctor Who nerd. So, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, for those of you that don't know, um, Terry Nation, who created the Daleks, um, essentially was loving the money that was coming in when Doctor Who started to blow up. Uh, and it was it was a time of Beatlemania, which was shortly followed by what was called Dalekmania in the UK, which they obviously didn't really have in America. So as an attempt to do that, he started to sell the characters off. And what we got was two full colour, which at the time was quite rare for a, a British film, um, you know, um, were full colour adaptations of the Daleks, and they're not re- they're not Doctor Who films in a sense. It is it is disconnected from the TV series. Um, the legendary now Peter Cushing plays Doctor Who, who is in fact actually called Doctor Who in this version, and is just someone someone's grandpa that built a time machine in their police box in the back garden. It's a, you know, it is more down to earth. Um, and I think if you take it at face value for what it is, it's fine. It's a lot of fun. They didn't want kids to be too scared, so instead of killing people with uh, lasery things, they have flamethrowers instead. I don't, which to me seems more violent. But um, there's not any blood or anything like that. There's lots of things like the Daleks are supposed to be, you know, this really uh, frightening. Um, force and then people just push them off of rails and stuff like that and chuck blankets over their heads and also it's just it sounds very 60s it yeah it's it's absolute madness um to quote uh dr strangelove there but um <laughs> yeah it it's absolute madness uh but i just i i kind of love it the daleks are all really bright colors um it's that sort of it's so uh because it's far from the sort of dull slow pace of what the serials were at the time but it's very far from the sort of hard-hitting drama that Doctor Who's sort of tried to go for since 2005 it's just ridiculous it's the closest version of making Doctor Who into something like Flash Gordon or Star Wars or you know a big franchise like that and ultimately it failed they didn't carry on making Dalek things and he did allow the BBC to carry on using them. Um, yeah, it's got a special place in my heart. So it's just a fun one to watch. If if you are a Doctor Who fan and you want something a bit different, it's worth it's worth flicking on. Is this film weird like the Batman film that came out the same year? The nineteen sixty six Batman. I, I suppose in a way. But it's got that authentic Britishness to it. Yeah. And this is Bernard Cribbins first role in any sort of Doctor Who media as well uh, who any older audience members although I'm not sure we have any but uh, older older audience members but any older audience members um, will know him as the voice of the Wombles and then again he played Wilf, Wilfred Mott later in, in Doctor Who which also has become a big part of meme culture as well so yeah it's just something that uh, something I guess that's sort of close to my heart and something I was I remember the first time I watched it, I expected to just not like it because I knew how disconnected it was from the Doctor Who universe and it was it was essentially a cash grab. But they put, um, I think it, it cost them about $200,000, which was fair, fairly expensive at the time, I mm. think, budget-wise. But yeah. Yeah, that that's that. There's not much more to say on that. It's one if if you don't like Doctor Who, you're not gonna like it. Yeah, but uh, I just I'm just yeah. fascinated for its all sixties weirdness. Yeah, I mean, from what you've you've told me, it's, it's like a very odd screwball thing. Yeah, it, it, really weird. It's one of those things where it's quite it's absurd comedy or it's surrealist comedy but it's like it doesn't know it's surrealist comedy uh, do you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah that that's uh, dalek invasion of earth 
Earth 2150 AD. And Dan, what is your film for this week? What have you gone for? My film is actually also a rewatch, but I haven't seen it since it came out in December of 2017. Um, and that is Pitch Perfect 3. Um, I don't know whether you two have seen Pitch Perfect 3. I haven't. I've seen one I've and seen I think first. I might have seen two. I've, yeah, I very, very vaguely remember the first less vaguely remember the hype around it at the time and the way it affected school children of which I was one at the time so yeah well that's it to be fair number two was also very successful Mm. Uh, it opened to 60 million dollars when number two came out but this is number three which came out around Christmas time uh, and oh is is this the spy one yes it was very weird it was like there's an action scene and there's a tease of it in the beginning where, like, for some reason it goes to three weeks later in the story. Right, uh, okay. It's that thing where it's like, this is happening now. This is what happened three weeks ago. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And then it shows the film, and then when you get to that part, it's the same action yeah. sequence again. Carries on. Yeah. It there was, is, there it, is no suspense in the action. It was this one that I've seen. I didn't see two. I skipped out on yeah. two. And we watched. I watched this with my with my roommates last year. Yeah. Uh, for just like a just like the giggles basically, uh, and we had a lot of fun with it. We it, 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 it's it's, it's uh, yeah. That, that's <laughs> the thing about this. I I don't think it's like it's obviously it's not like stellar entertainment. Whereas it's not like a. I was trying to think of a really good music biopic. It's not like a Rocket Man. Right. Yeah. This is. Well, it's, but it which I I'm gonna get into a little bit actually. Full yeah. enough. Um. But it's um it's entertainment. Yeah, this is it's not it's, it's not art fun. in a sense. I, I think is it's the, just pure you know. fun, really. Yeah. Uh, it it obviously the action was ridiculous. Obviously, it never would have happened. And I think the setup was a bit weird. I was gonna say, I was gonna say something <laughs> offensive. <laughs> no, 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 I was gonna not for this podcast, please. No, I'll edit it out. All right. Okay. The the whole relationship between the father and Robert Wilson for some reason it was really weird. It was just really weird, and I was like, this is really creepy and stalkery, and I don't like it. Mm. I don't like watching this. I think this is exactly what happens when. A franchise is is just forgets forgets it's grounded it forgets its grounded roots and yeah. then just goes off the rails. But to be fair, I still really like the film overall. Like the whole U.S. Open type thing where yeah. they're like going around performing. So it's a jukebox music. It's a jukebox musical basically, mm. but with acapella. And I'm a fan of acapella. As yeah, well. I like the first one. Yeah, I like the first one. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to say anything sort of negative about it. I like the first one. Missed out on the second. Didn't like the third. I think but, the yeah. first one's a bit weird. I, I didn't really like the sick in the first one. I can't, I can't really remember being too bothered about it. I think my sister was quite into it, so I probably... I think I saw it in its entirety once and then caught bits of it several times over to the point where it's like, yeah, I'm sick of hearing about this now. So, uh. it, like, yeah, I think I, I just uh, always had the impression it wasn't that good, but it seemed to be very popular so yeah yeah and the last one didn't stop that it it did still do like nearly i think about 185 million dollars worldwide over an, on a budget of 45 million dollars so it still made money mm. um but i think this was the one that it is, had a had a had a strong fan base from the first one it had a really strong fan base and yeah you know it just continued on it on it in its sequels it was about six years wasn't it between the first and second one yeah, there's no. a big. Was it? Was it? No, it's not at all. Uh, I think the first one came out in 2012. Yeah. The second one came out in 2015. That's on 2017. Well, mm. I don't know. It always felt like a lot longer to me. Yeah. That's still about a three year gap, though. That's Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. But that, I mean, that tends to be about the average for a lot of two to three years, tends to be yeah. an mm. average these days, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, it's sure is for the Star Wars films. Two, two years between each of them. Indeed. So, I don't know. But that is Dan's uh, Pitch Perfect 3. Um, and um, if we don't have anything else, do we have we, anything else to have. talk about? Yes, we do. Just the final segment of the show. Real talk. Real talk. Here we are. Trademarked. Um, <laughs> trademarked. <laughs> um, so, Martin Scorsese released a new film. A short film, yeah. A short film, yeah. <laughs> the Irishman. It's available on Netflix, UK, US, Australia, and various other ones. I can't remember 
all of Basically them. Basically around the world. Basically yes. around the world. It had a very limited theatre release, so yeah. I thought, Dan, you might be interested to know the box office numbers for this one. About five million, wasn't it? Six point six million, it's made, oh, um, which actually is quite impressive, um, considering you know it's mostly being viewed on on-demand services, and there's very little way of knowing the viewing figures for and those because also... Netflix are keep yeah. it to themselves. Yeah, the they do. There's also a tiny amount of theatres. Um, mm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so, and for, um, it was uh, sorry. It was only in cinemas. It's only on a three-week cinema run as well. So, I wanted to talk about it because Martin Scorsese's been a bit hot topic lately. Anyway, you may remember a few weeks back he described Marvel movies as not being cinema, <laughs> and so he's also said what? Well, the one one that's come up and the important part. Uh, I found this in the Guardian, but it, it's in all sorts of. It, it's all across the board. He said, "Please." Please don't look at it on a phone. He was, and in fact, he even. Actually, I did. I did see that. You know, he's yeah. such a yeah. boomer. He went. He went further on to say, if you're gonna watch it on any of these sort of devices, watch it on an iPad and make sure it's a big iPad at that. Now, I just tell people to do. That. To even to add to that. I saw it because it is three and a half hours. Like I, I joked earlier, I don't really have that much time. I'm planning on watching it. Um, and most people I've spoke to have said, watch it in two halves. It's yes. a lot better watching it yes. in two halves. If you watch it in a, if you watch it in an hourly schedule, I think I heard uh, the 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 man, the myth, the legend, Jeremy Johns say it on his internet review on YouTube. He said the best way to watch it is in, because it's so long, hour, about, hour, about, Couple of days, yeah. Um, choose it on like an hour, an hour, an hour shifts on Twitter. Somebody actually posted a full breakdown of how to watch it as a six part miniseries, uh, which I found really interesting. And Martin Scorsese, like, pretty much straight away, was like, Don't do that. If I'd have wanted to make a miniseries, I would have done it. He, he, he said. He said something, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, so I don't want to get to. I think I, I'm probably over-exaggerating how he said it, but he said something that sounded to me as though he was saying that the format for TV is very boring, which is somebody who's, you know, very into TV. Not happy with that. Now, on the Marvel subject, I didn't agree with him, but I understood what he meant, which was the idea that entertainment is different from cinema as art. But he's almost. I, I don't. I just think he boomer. Yeah, he he and he he respects his own art too much. I think is which isn't necessarily a problem. But I mean, don't look at it on a phone. I don't watch films on a phone. It's not. No, I don't I enjoy don't, watching them no. on a screen like that. I prefer no. like laptop screens. My generally my minimum size I go for a screen mm. but I know a lot of people watch TV series and stuff when they're on the bus or what, what. some people yeah, do people, like people do people do do that so, and people, that's part of people's daily routine exactly almost, isn't it? so. we're, we're going towards that he's re- opted to release it primarily on an on-demand service which primarily is used by young people which not to use the same word again, but primarily, you know, are using them on smart devices and uh, PlayStation and new technology yeah. and stuff. It, if you're releasing a film on that sort of platform, you, you've got to expect people to watch it whichever way they want to watch it. So, and I do think, uh, which obviously, like I said, the point in this is that I actually get to a question in the end. Um, but I think I've got quite a lot to say on it. So, yeah, so sort of in the end, my thing is, do you think, there will be films that are purpose, uh, you know, sort of purposefully made for smaller devices or, or, you know, smart devices and stuff like that, easy on on the go, because I can't see it happening. We talked a couple of weeks ago about the big shift in cinematic TV and how that's going to influence it. Mm. But, yeah, do do you think there's going to be a different approach? Because, I mean, the way I see it, he should have just done a TV show. He just thinks of himself as a film director. The, the thing is with this, look, I have many, many, many thoughts. All right. Firstly, on the Marvel thing, you're saying that Marvel isn't really cinema. I mean, sure, it might not be like art, but like technically your film is made for like not the cinema. So technically your film isn't cinema either. Well, yeah, but I mean, this it's, was it's a this was after they decided to release it. It's a streaming film. To, it's, that's, streaming. that's what it is. Mm. And you, I don't get acting all high and mighty. I mean, surely surely he knows how to be a bit modest. Yeah. Like, that's something you 
one didn't need to say, two doesn't actually matter to the film at all. Mm. And three, there wasn't even a big Marvel movie yet, so it's not even like trying to get Clayt from a big Marvel movie. Well, he saved himself somewhat because he has at least put out a film that is, you know, it's receiving very good reviews. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If it, if he'd, you know, released something that was... Um, I'll go with rubbish. Um, if it, it'd have released something that wasn't received very well, probably it needn't have the discussion in the first place because yeah. people would be saying, yeah. well, "I'm not watching it anyway." I'd agree. I'd agree. With, I'd agree with Dan here. Say uh, Martin Scorsese didn't didn't have to actually open his mouth yeah. and say anything. Well, you don't, I, you don't you don't you don't think you don't think that if he'd spoken his mind now, like when the Marvel movies like. Before, like we've had yeah. like ten years of Marvel. Why didn't he speak out there? Why is he choosing now? Well, he was only to do it. He was actually at which a lot of the articles on what he'd said missed out. Miss he was asked by the interviewer what his mm. thoughts on Marvel films were, and he'd later responded that he wasn't expecting that enormous of a reaction. Yeah. Um, and I mean, because. Because this was my thing is that yeah I dis I disagree with him I don't think that the reaction to him saying it though was quite as necessary no. um, like there's a lot there's a lot on his side and there's a lot on yeah. there's a lot on the other side as well because it's such a it is it's such an immediately massive franchise that it's one of those where it's like well of course you like Marvel films like you know people just automatically yeah, expect people just expe- to, yeah expect like that's the automatic expectation I feel like another thing is. It's kind of just going to like the biggest thing that's out there at the moment and being like, I don't like that. It's kind of hipstery, I think. Yeah. So like, well, I don't like Marvel, so cool. Yeah, but I mean, but well, if they actually have reasons to not like it, because he didn't actually say any reasons to. He didn't. No, like true. It. He, ju- he just he just, just thought. He just said it. Yeah, he yeah. said it. He thought of them as pure entertainment, which I think you can. I can agree to a point because I think a lot of them yeah. they are pure entertainment. For me, the one that stands out, and I I said this. Um, I said it twice, actually, with Infinity War and Endgame. Infinity War, for me, was the first um, just purely... I just love it in every way, Infinity War. Infinity War is a beautiful character study on Thanos. It, you know, It's a Thanos film from my perspective, which is a different discussion, but that's fantastic. And I said and Endgame was the first... I, I've always watched marvel from sort of a, the relaxed position of i i enjoy them but don't really care i i've all I, I grew up on dc comics um so i was more of a dc fan even if their cinematic history is a bit more like luster so i always enjoyed them and then watching endgame i came out and i said that was the first time i realized how much those characters meant to me and have you know have meant to me over sort of 10 years mm. uh, i have just been always been an armchair marvel fan and then all of a sudden i was just like no yeah. that it's um it's a phenomenal achievement overall mm, yeah. um to have a franchise that massive that span spans a decade and yeah. so tightly knits a story together in the end yeah. um, which but Scorsese won't have even probably seen Endgame or anything anymore because he's already denounced the franchise yeah, yeah. but you know I haven't, I haven't I don't have a connection to Marvel um, or DC films at all really yeah. I don't care enough I wouldn't. I won't go. I didn't go out and see Infinity War or Endgame right. at the cinema, even though all my friends did. So, all my friends yeah. did because they love those films. And I, I said, "I'm sorry, it's not for me." And that's sort of always been the thing. For, I've seen the early ones. Mm. I've seen the early ones, but it was up until like Avengers, maybe the the next, the last, the second Avengers that I sort of checked out. Yeah, and didn't really. I felt no need to. Yeah. To catch myself up because I didn't have I don't think I had an enormous connection to the characters I just yeah. thought that they were entertain entertainment as yeah, as it exactly. as it as it as it as it, as it was yeah. uh, and you know I'm so I'm not I'm not like either way on on anything you know I yeah. don't then like I don't agree with what he said but then like you know I don't really care about what he's trying to say anyway so yeah but i'm, but I'm in that i'm in that camp if pe- there is a camp people have that opinion for all sorts of because i've always had a bad taste in my mouth when thinking about the fast and furious franchise which to me is is pure entertainment and i i remember the first time i saw the first one I quite enjoyed it and then thought it's, it's more or less the same after that. Uh, the, the one that people don't like, Tokyo Drift, I thought was a bit better than the other two, to be honest, yeah. because cause it sort of explored something different. Um, but yeah, I gave up on the Fast and Furious 
franchise. And I think the franchise now, it's exploitative um, and even a little bit deeper than that, but I don't want to get in, into it too much because we don't have much time. I do just want to cover that question that we sort of skipped over because I think that the passion for Marvel probably <laughs> overtook. So, yeah, it's just, do you think the mode of cinema, I guess, is adaptable to different formats or do you think cinema's made to be viewed and well, a- accessed in a, in a theatre, on demand, on your phone? The thing is... Some people have... Somebody even tweeted um, Martin Scorsese a picture of them watching it on their Apple Watch. So the thing is with a Mar- uh, the, I was going to say Marvel again, a Netflix film or any other streaming service, it's made to be watched on any device. Really, it's yeah, it's not supposed to be like a you need to watch it on your television. You need to watch it on a massive forty-inch television like now. Yeah, yeah, it's made so you can view content wherever you want whenever you want yeah it's not like but it's not but money's going into them still isn't it like it's not it's not because like, i think we we talked about this last week it's not like the direct to video days where they could you know make a sequel to a film that people really liked do it for maybe a fraction of the cost but not in a way that would you know impact the film too much the disney model well, yeah, exactly. Um, that yeah, that's the Disney version, and they'd still do relatively well, you know. Um, but now it's direct to video in what it is now, which is on demand services. Yeah. It's becoming um, a second option to a theatrical release. Yeah, but again, the thing with Netflix is, if you the, the director really doesn't have a choice on how people watch it. Exactly. Yeah, and. You may not want people to watch it on the phone, but they're going to. It's it's mm. literally it's, it's going to happen. It's, yeah, yeah. It does affect the way you view it because I and it's a pattern I I call sort of the Godzilla idea. I guess um, I can't remember what I've called it before, but I generally base it on the idea of uh, the remake of Godzilla in two thousand and fourteen. Um, that everybody I know that saw it during its original run at the cinema thought it was fantastic and everybody that had watched it afterwards thought it was terrible that i'd spoke to this was not like you know there's there's no science in this mm. and it was the same with interstellar i'd spoke to loads of people that had seen interstellar at the cinema and then i went and watched it at home and i just didn't like it and because the scope i think is i think when the scope is so so well um orchestrated for an actual cin- for a big cinema screen it doesn't have that same effect when it's on no. on, a, on a TV screen at home. Yeah. See here is where I love I love films. I've always loved films, mm. and where I'm most comfortable is watching the film in a massive in a mass in a in a cinema yeah. on the on the big screen. That's where I'm most comfortable with it. But I, I understand sometimes I I watch films on my on my TV anyway. I I I watch Blu-ray like DVDs and stuff like that. I still collect physical media, and I watch some things on netflix but i don't have a pro- i don't have a problem see this is where sort of uh, scorsese is kind of wrong he's hitting out at people like i don't have a problem with people watching anything if people want to watch something on their phone because this that or the other that's fine i yeah. don't really it doesn't really but it doesn't really bother me um what i'm sort of considered is, is sort of like it does it for me, it does take away some of that cinematic experience because you're not in the city, because you're not in the cinema the way it was kind of meant to be meant to be viewed. Yeah. Uh, that's what he was coming. That's what Scorsese was coming at. Yeah, it was that the fact that he had a problem with people seeing it on their phones or or pads or whatever, uh, and because it's not the way that they he thought that it wasn't the yeah. way that it meant to, it was meant to be seen. I don't have. I don't have. I I love. I love film. I love watching it in the cinema. Yeah, there is no. I think I don't know if anybody ever has done a good way of describing it, but it's a v- always going to be a very different feeling for me when I. I mean, even something like, like say, like if we go back to the last Star Wars film, there's always like a really big rush coming out and knowing you've enjoyed a film in a cinema compared to having enjoyed a, a film at home, See. which I understand. But it doesn't sort of negate the value of watching film. A good film is a good film. Mm. That that that's the bottom line, isn't yeah. it? But um, see, yeah, my opinion is, if you want people to see it on the big screen, make it a theatrical release. 
Like literally. Yeah, exactly. And I had read that Netflix had tried to encourage him to allow like a wider theatrical release, but yeah. they, they, I, I know they ran into some problems with theaters refusing to show it for some like, reason. And it was the length. <laughs> what, 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 yeah, what is the point of being like, don't watch it on your phone, don't watch it on small screens, when you're you're giving it to Netflix? Yeah, which, in order to, for them to do a, that. Yeah. yeah, which has a wrap of like, letting people watch it on the phone, on the tablets, on like. Yeah, and also telling people they have to watch it in one go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is the point? If yeah. you want people to watch it in one go on a big screen, guess where the best option is? Cinema. Yeah, exactly. On the bloody theatres. Like, yeah, he's not ever going to get, you know, you can't... That's Putting it into a cinema is the only way of actually, yeah, making sure you tick yeah. all those boxes and he helped not to do that. And he, he didn't even have to go with Netflix in the first place as a distributor. Yeah. You know, he's no. big enough of a director. To go to, to, go to, yeah. to mostly anyone, really. Yeah, yeah. you know, they're... Uh, generally, uh, distributors and stuff are buying Scorsese. He's not having to convince Vince anybody of anything. It are that yeah are, at this point it? in time. No, no. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe more so if he keeps you know mouthing off about the way he doesn't like the film industry's going. Yeah. Um, although I mean Tarantino likes to chuck his two cents in every so often, but yeah, yeah. but Tarantino goes for theatrical releases like normal. Yeah, um, the traditional way. And it, yeah, because it's not to diminish the accomplishments of either filmmaker or anything. No. But and it sometimes it's just like if you're going to be um, to use some of my regional dialect here, if you're going to be mardy about something like that, <laughs> then um, okay, I thought I thought well, there might just, be a sense well, there. Well, yeah, if you're going to be mardy about something about that, but you have the power to control that situation in the first place. Yeah. Control that situation. It just it doesn't seem like it's that hard of a decision. Like, oh, I want people to watch it exactly like this. So I'm gonna give them the freedom to watch it whichever way they want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's weird. It's it, the bottom line, Scorsese, Martin Scorsese has opened a Pandora's box. Yeah. On in in and on himself. Yeah. Uh, although, although, yes, the the, the reporter did uh, did did literally ask him the question, and he just thought that oh, this is my answer that it yeah. wasn't going to go. And he, I mean, he's an old, he's an old man. Yeah. yeah, he's an old man, and he and he he has his opinions about the way films should be that which people can argue and people do disagree on, and um and you know some people do stick st- do stick by him, but in the end, it's all our our opinion and what we and what we think real cinema should be and could be in in the future, and it's just and and that's why and that's why we love it. Yeah, that's why we love it. It's just like knowing the amount of effort that goes into the MCU and everything. Why would you then be like, "Oh, that isn't cinema"? Like, people yeah, exactly. put their effort into that. You don't need to like discredit their effort. Yeah, could have just been like, "Oh, yeah, it's fine." Like, oh, there, but there again, I mean, people put a lot. I mean, this is something we touched upon when we were talking about Sonic. People put a lot of effort, in, supposedly, into other films, unless it's but Illumination Entertainment. The, diff- the just difference, make a little <laughs> <laughs> sliding there. Yeah, who put minimal really effort is. in for maximum profit? The difference is obviously like the MCU is regarded as good. Are going up to great with like Infinity War and Endgame, whereas a lot of a lot of films are below that line. Yeah, yeah. Um, because people obviously really enjoy them. They they always do well on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not like they're awful films. Yeah, no. But like, why just be like, oh yeah, it's not cinema. Just be like, I I don't really like them myself. Like, just say your opinion. It's not are they cinema? It's do you like Marvel films? Well, indeed, Dan. And mm. I think, That's, unless you've got anything else no, to say, Tom. No, yeah, I don't. That, I don't have it. I just, I, ch- I, ch- I chuck my, lo- I think, chuck my last yeah. bit in there, just, yeah. just to get, just to give us some, just to give us some brevity into realizing why we do this. Yeah, exactly. Why there we, is... why we do this? Well, it's all about, it's all about, it's all about the films. But it's, and, uh, and, and I mean, this is, but it, it, sorry. <laughs> it is, it is a, a worthy discussion to have. And I'm not sort of saying that yeah. we shouldn't have these discussions. I say that we should have the. I'm saying that we should have these discussions and figure out, try and figure out our opinions and like other people's opinions and sort of figure out how, how how the the industry figure out where the industry is going. And yeah. Well, I, yeah. That that's it's exactly why I think that this uh, new segment's been working out from my point of view. Yeah. Because oh I, yes. Um. I think especially. A, 
Again, I know uh, it's coming up a lot and I'm trying to avoid being political, but because of the way political discourse is going at the moment, the creative industries, um, you know, are sometimes ridiculed and stuff, but they're the best way to sort of uh, look at other arguments that ultimately maybe aren't that important, but people are passionate about them. And then there's, you know, and, you know, cinema is very important to me and TV is very important to me. Um, So when people come out to sort of, you know, throw their weight about a bit and and say, you know, I've been making films longer than you have. Your films aren't cinema. Yeah. It does make a difference. Mm. But I think unless any of you got some last remarks, yeah, I think they are very much out of. We are very much. Yeah, we that we've had a long, in depth discussion on uh, the real talk segment Indeed. again trademark <laughs> um well, very long box office and real yeah. talk sections yes yes um it's been an extra long it's been an extra long episode of the have you seen it podcast but this is of course also our last regular feature pos- podcast yes um, it's next week is next week is oh, oh. no hold, next week hold is your horses yeah there's another week there's yeah. another week yeah. yet yeah and then of course we will be away for the christmas break although yes. we have a couple of uh tricks up our sleeves yeah in the meantime which we may get into next week or well you'll just have to wait for those anyway yeah, yeah. Uh, but i think with all that being said i've been ellis that was my that was that was my closing segment. Yeah, my film for the day was Doctor Who in, in Dalek Invasion, and uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. have no idea where I'm getting. I'll, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll just uh, is, yeah jump in being like my film of the week was Pitch Perfect Three, and my uh, and it was on it is on Netflix by the way. It is on say. Netflix. New on Netflix. And um, my 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 uh film was Knives Out. You can catch that. It's out every. It's out everywhere. Go and watch it. Um, and it has been the Have You Seen It podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you again. Well, you'll be hearing us from us again very soon. Thank you and goodbye. Oh no, is it over? Well, don't worry, because if you head on over to Demon FM Podcasts on Anchor, you can listen to all of our other podcasts as well as keep an ear out for any new episodes. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and more. Go on. Have a listen. I support you.